am Steve Karski. Welcome to another episode of OnRamp to Success Podcast. Our guest today is Teresa Proctor. Teresa is an award-winning CEO and founder of Forward Movement Enterprises, one of the top emerging professional development training companies. Teresa has over 20 years of experience in corporate leadership. She has held five leadership roles with a widely recognized real estate corporation and successfully led teams from five to 3,500 team members. She brings that experience and excellence to her training in the areas of leadership, communication, and customer experience. Through her training, her clients embark upon a transformation from stagnant to strategic. Teresa also supports senior leaders with executive presence, impressive decision-making, and emotional intelligence training that results in higher team performance and profitability. Most recently, the employees and stakeholders of the U.S. Census Bureau fully embraced and raved about the dynamic strategies that she shared during her workshop, Developing Emotional Intelligence. With our conversation already in progress, Let's listen to the insights Teresa Proctor has to share with us. Enjoy. So, Teresa, tell us about yourself. Who are you? And what are you up to? And what are you doing? Oh, wonderful. Well, first of all, I have to say thank you so much, Steve and John, for inviting me to your podcast. I know it is going to be absolutely dynamic. Everyone will want to subscribe to this podcast. That's first and foremost, okay? <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> So as far as myself, um, I am the CEO and founder of Forward Movement Enterprises. And what we do is we provide training solutions to government agencies as well as, well as private sector uh, corporations. And we absolutely enjoy what we do because it's all about transformation. It is all about transformation. So I also do some executive uh, coaching as well. And uh, one of my most recent, because, you know, we, we talked earlier, it's all about expansion and providing another level of service to your clients. So I most recently went through this intensive certification around culture facilitation. Wow. Oh, my word. When I tell you it stretched me, <laughs> it stretched me so much, but uh, it's all about conversation in in the you know within the teams and you know getting to root issues because a lot of times uh leadership even they you know they attempt to treat the symptoms but not until we have that really pure authentic conversation can we drill down and get to the actual root cause so that's what culture facilitation does and i'm so excited about it that sounds extremely exciting extremely yeah. exciting uh, we have uh, a good friend, Gideon, joining us as well here shortly. So he is going to be popping in to say hello. Gideon is also part of our dynamic trio, if you will. So the three of us share the load when it comes to this podcast. And, and we each utilize our own resources to uh, to bring in some guests and, and keep the conversation going. So as he, as he shows up... Uh, don't be surprised. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Excellent. So, so tell us a little bit about how you got here. You know, what was your journey like? What were some of the struggles when you first started into this role of your own business and so on? Can you tell us a little bit about your background and what was that journey like? Yes. So I started out um, in commercial real estate. And then I my next step uh, was um, with a company about 25,000 plus uh, partners within that company. And I was a vice president there. And that taught me so much about culture uh, and just really understanding various personalities. <laughs> and so while I was there, uh, we were basically, we did a total refresh and revamping of their uh, training and things of that nature. And I began to really enjoy it. I said, oh, wow, this, this is awesome. This is exciting. And so after that point, I began to receive requests because, you know, I was, you know, one that facilitated training there as well as the instructional design behind training. And so 
I would receive requests outside of the company. And so wow. I said, okay, right, wow. And so I said, okay, this is, this is interesting, right? And it was one day, I, a, very, a very close friend of mine, she said, Teresa, I have this contract. And I would love for you to, you know, co-facilitate with me. And so I was like, okay, all right, I'll look into it. So we checked out some things and, and I said, sure, I'll do it. It was my defining moment, actually. Yeah, seriously. And I, I know we all have them, but not until you sit and reflect upon it, can you really extract the value of that experience? And it was so amazing. Like we flowed, the, the attendees, the participants were just pulling, you know, and I know that you all know this, when you're in a room uh, with people that have a thirst and desire for growth, you can feel it. And so boy, did we feel it. But that's what I needed to really, you know, say, you know what, this is, this is my sweet spot. This is what I absolutely enjoy. It's all about transformation. And if I can be a conduit, if I can be a facilitator of that transformation, oh, that's so rewarding. So then I moments, maybe not moments, but a little while later, I said, you know what? It's time to launch Forward Movement Enterprises. And, uh, and I did back in 2016. And I tell you, it has been uh, amazing ever since. Just tremendous opportunities and I'm, I'm grateful i'm so grateful well that is fantastic and and those defining moments in our life you know they have such an impact after the fact we notice it oftentimes later in our careers or in our in our businesses that boy that one instance didn't seem like a big deal at the time one request one conversation but it has lasting impact and that's one of those things that i think so many times we forget the impact that we make with people just with regular conversations. We can have a a what may seem like a tiny little piece of gratitude for somebody wow. could totally transform their day or their week or maybe their business. So, Absolutely. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, as you know, and, and I've sent you some information about the things that we talk about are related to success. And we talk about four different components of that. It starts with habits and rituals, and it gets into achievements and goals, and then mindset, and then your purpose and priorities. Tell us a little bit about your experience, habits that you've created or formed, or or maybe habits that may have transformed you as, as you've developed your own business and, and your own identity. Yes, so habits are everything. What a big word that is uh, most of the time misused, right? <laughs> but I tell you, uh, so like every day in the morning, I work out, do, do my, get my cardio in. I, I have time of meditation. I have to, because I do not know what the day holds. <laughs> so I have to be, I have to get my psychological armor, you know, and my, my mental fortitude in place so that I can remain, you know, calm and, and operate with diplomacy intact, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so that those are some things that I do in the morning and the night before, you know, I you know, I, I believe that we should all go to bed satisfied and wake up with determination, right? And so I always self-reflect each evening before I, I go to bed. I'm, I'm like, okay, so what did this day present to me? Uh, what went well, what do I need to improve upon, and what could I have done differently, right? That's where a lot of leaders miss it because they're so consumed with day-to-day -day activities. It's just like, oh, oh, I gotta get to the next day. I gotta get to the next day, you know? But not until you sit and reflect and really, you know, ask yourself those critical questions will you begin to, take on a new level of uh, expansion and, and growth, even within yourself. And then you ha I have to have my things to dominate list. <laughs> Your things to dominate list. Outstanding. I have to have my things. Let me tell you something. Tell us more about that. So my husband laughs at me because I have a things to dominate list even on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> 
if because if I don't write it down, it may not get accomplished, right? Right. And, and so what I do is I jot down my priorities for the day. I have to prioritize my life so that when I rise the next morning with determination, I know what I need to tackle my things to dominate list. And I'm telling you, it works tremendously. And you take on a new sense of accomplishment and achievement when you do that. I'm going to tell you, it's so gratifying when you can just draw a line through did Did that. (laughs) And I love the way you put it because it's not a to-do list. Mm -mm. Things to dominate is a significantly different, gives you a different feel, gives you a different uh, understanding and maybe urgency than, oh, I've got this to-do list and should I just check it off and move on. Um, yeah. Much more of a priority. It does, and it, it removes the past. Because, you know, we have, we are empowered to give ourselves a pass. Oh, you know what? I'll just get to that tomorrow. Right. It, it'll get done, right? But when you say no, it's, it's things that I have to dominate on this day. Oh, it, it becomes non-negotiable. <laughs> and that's, it have to is is part of that uh, domination piece. Yeah, I absolutely love that. That's fantastic. Can you give us a sense of, you know, what are some of the big things that you often have on those things to dominate? I mean, what are some of the, the types of things that you really look forward to dominating that maybe other people might keep delaying and postponing in their in their career or their business? Well, you know, I think that everyone is different and it's based upon your what you see as success and and that goes back to what are your values you know what what are some things that you value uh for me it could change from day to day and week to week it's contingent upon what are the goals that i have for this week for this month and then that basically directs my attention all Mm -hmm. focused on the goal what's the goal this week right what's the goal this month and that's what really makes the difference right that's what really makes the difference yes absolutely uh so so yes so yes i'm telling you and and then uh it's just for me it's all about over delivery my clients i don't want their response to be oh yeah that was great Oh, that was good. I want them to be, that was outstanding. <laughs> Absolutely. I, 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 you know, my goal is to be the top 10 in my field. And we're coming. We're, we're, we're coming to that point. Uh, and I tell everyone, every one of my clients, listen, I am going to be your go-to. Every time I, you know, I, I, I meet a new client and, and we provide a service, and it meets and exceeds their expectations, I tell them, I said, I want to be your go-to, the first person that's on the forefront of your mind, the first company that's on the forefront of your mind when you think of who can we get to knock this out the ballpark. So over-delivery is everything. Absolutely. Yes. And, And listen, Steve, have you heard that, you know, some people said, you know, a long time ago, they say under promise and over deliver. Well, guess what? I'm never going to under promise because I'm lying. There you go. <laughs> I'm not going to under promise. No, I'm going to promise and it's then over deliver. That's uh, it. Teresa, that is fantastic. That is that is a tiny little thing that says volumes about you, but it is it is something to live by. And I've I've known that about you for the couple of years that we that I've seen you. You know, yeah. because of, of some of our past workings in uh, in personal development. Absolutely. Uh, so that is just outstanding. So you're still doing kind of coaching and delivery, training and delivery type components. What uh, what are you doing from your own personal development standpoint? What have you been doing lately to continue to drive and, and expand? You mentioned a little bit about uh, a class that you were taking or some coaching that you were taking. Can you tell us a little bit more about maybe some of the things that you do in personal development? Oh, let me tell you, it's critical. And the reason why is because no one, none of my clients desire old information. It's all about cutting edge, understanding what's next, 
getting ahead. Okay, do you have the foresight to let us in on what's coming up? What should be we be looking for? And so I stay, I really stay progressive in making certain that I subscribe to uh, reading every day, every day. Actually, I wake up a little earlier just to, to make certain that I have time to read uh, because, if you know, what you do first, you get done. <laughs> you have time for that. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. And then uh, so that was a culture facilitation uh, certification that we just received. And then also, I just wanted to hone my skills around virtual facilitation. So I also uh, received a uh, certified virtual facilitators um, uh, designation as well, because, you know, it's all about the experience now, you know, and uh, everything is virtual. We're, we're in the digital age right now. And I want to make certain that my delivery is exactly what the client needs and you know again factoring in that over delivery as well so i just like continue to hone your skills you know continue to look for avenues that will really feed you know just some relative information so that you become the subject matter expert in your discipline in your field in your industry that is mm -hmm. and when you're the subject matter expert, then you're a thought leader. Then people flock to you because they need to come to you for the latest and greatest information. Yes, yes. See, that's it, a thought leader, for sure. Absolutely. Can't do that without continuing your learning and seeing what else is out there. So I think that's fantastic. Yes, yes. So you mentioned earlier the goals that you have and so on. Tell us a little bit about Maybe your goal setting process. How do you do you have like annual situation where you sit down and set goals? Um, what is what is your thought process or, or the way that you go about setting your goals? Absolutely. So uh, first of all, we do goals basically for the year. You know, we we, we have yearly annual goals, five year, ten year goals, but then on an annual basis, we have goals, things that we desire to accomplish for. 2021 right? right and then we revisit those goals on a weekly basis because if not out of sight becomes out of mind right that's you know, right that's the worst thing that can happen you have these strategic priorities and goals that your company desires to accomplish but no one's going back to say where are we you know have we accomplished this or what do we need to do differently? I'm telling you, because even with the, the most recent disruption that the world has encountered, right? We had to all recalibrate. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, we had, okay, whatever goals we had, you know, in place, okay, what are we going to do to ensure that those goals are still met? Mm -hmm. Or do we need to shift? Do we need to pivot? So goals are so critical. And you know what's so interesting, Steve, is that when I speak with my, my uh, participants in, in training and in learning experiences, I ask them about goals. You know, do you have any, any personal goals? And their response, I want to say about 60%, and that's a low number, say yes, 40% most of the time say, well, I've been thinking about some things, but I haven't really taken the time to, you know, actually jot them down and build some strategy around it. And, you know, you would think that, wow, oh, wow. You know, you, you, you look like you're accomplished and, you know, you're yeah. knocking it out the ballpark. Do you mean to tell, you don't have goals? And they say, well, no, I don't. You know, it's just a natural ability for me to succeed at whatever I do. I said, wow, could you imagine what you're missing out on <laughs> as a result of settling where you are based upon your natural ability? Oh, Teresa, I never thought about that. Yes, right? So you always have to have someone around you. And I just want to tell your listeners this. You always should have someone around you that demands another level from you, right? The ones that's just not going to always applaud everything that you do, but the one that's going to say, oh, no, Steve, you can do better. <laughs> no, I, 
No, come on, you know, and, and speaking about the, those thought leaders, those individuals that can take your idea and just ex, just make it explosive. Have you thought about this? You know, those big picture, uh, picture visionaries. Those are the ones that I have in my in my circle. That is excellent. Who you associate with, Teresa, has a huge impact on how you perform. And like you said, people that are going to bring you to the next level. You know, I think it's it's so interesting that uh, I do find, just like you, I find people that don't have goals. And it's that piece of goals can take you out of your comfort zone. If you don't have goals, boy, it's so nice to stay in my comfort zone. I don't have any goals. I don't have any stresses. I mean, other than family and so on. But Goals are intended to give you some good stress, some things you're pushing towards. You're getting out of your comfort zone to maybe make a sales call that you wouldn't normally make. Uh, do, you know, have that phone call, whatever it happens to be. Start a new workshop. Yes. New. Steve, you have just hit on a word that I have two words that I have been, uh, that, that, that my participants have all said recently which is comfort zone, uh, comfort zone. Teresa, could you tell me what do I need to do? You know, I just feel like I'm comfortable where I am. And, you know, how can I step outside of my comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. and so I, I, I take them through a process of just really self-inquiry. I ask them questions because when you just tell a person what to do, they don't necessarily take ownership over the new decision. But if you ask them thought provoking and stimulating questions, it makes them think. You give them the gift of thinking whereby they'll self-reflect and then it determine, I can't stay here. I said, listen, you cannot stay in your comfort zone. And when you exit out, you enter into a new income zone. Income. Uh -huh. Not only monetarily, monetary is good, but not only monetary, I'm talking about peace. I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about fulfillment as a result of stepping outside of your comfort zone. So you just hit something that I know without any reservation, people need to hear. I need to do something different. There you go. Fantastic. So I got to put you on the spot for a second. Okay. Is, do you have a your go-to question to get people to think on their own, as you were just talking about, you need to ask some questions to get them to think, how do I get outside my comfort zone? What kind of questions do you have? A, do you have a go-to question or what type of question do you generally ask them? So that's, that's a great question right there. <laughs> but each situation is different. And I don't believe in a cookie cutter approach because every person that I coach, they're unique and they may require a different type of question. But typically, I, well, we may start off and say, you know, okay, so, so tell me something that you desire to do, but you haven't done, you know? And so contingent upon uh, where, where their response is will determine my next question. So say they share something with me, like, you know, oh, I wanted to go and bungee jump. I don't know, I wanted to, you know, just, you know, jump out of a plane, you know, something, you know, really, really uh, extravagant, I would say. But so then I would say, okay, let me ask you this. What three emotions would you feel after jumping out of that plane? Man, I would feel, oh my goodness, energized. I would feel a like, I achievement, mm -hmm. I would just feel so exhilarated. Like, you know, so I'm taking them to the end. Yeah. And then we would establish some reverse engineering whereby they're going to make the decision to say, you know what, I have to do this. I have to step outside of this comfort zone because I, in their mind, and so the thing about our mind and, and, and our conscious, they, it can't determine what's real or, or what's pseudo, right? Hey. And so they already feel this adrenaline going through their body as if they are there. And as a result, we get it done. 
And that is absolutely great, Teresa, especially because the way you brought it to them was about the feeling as opposed to about the thinking about it. You know, how would it, you know, how would it make you feel is so much different than what do you think you would have if you jumped out of an airplane? Well, I'd have the experience. Well, that's not feeling the experience. That's expressing that you feel the experience. So feeling it from an emotional standpoint, that is fantastic. I love it. And, and you know, that's what we are right now, Steve. That's where we are. And even as it relates to our um, learning and development industry, I, I would say prior to this pandemic, most of our focus has been on the knowledge transfer, getting the information to each, uh, each participant in, in, in our sessions. But now, what we have to begin to do is really step into unpacking those feelings. See, I once thought, and this is what information will do for you and, and uh, just continue to hone your skills in a particular area. I once would say, let me tell you something. If you desire to change behavior, you must uh, uh, deliver new information. I live by that. New information is what will modify and shift behavior and conduct. Not anymore. Not where we are today. What's the new mantra? What it is now is really focusing on what are the feelings that you just mentioned? What are the feelings? What are the emotions that's causing a blockage as it relates to receiving new information? See, when you focus on the feelings, and the emotions, now, after we unpack that, now when I receive new information and my emotions are in the right position, I now process differently. I now can establish my personal course of, of transformation as a result of what was just shared with me. But when you when you're when you don't have that emotional stability, it blocks that whole process, you know. And, and it's just like you you're in a class, you're, you're facilitating, and you wonder why some get it and some don't, right? And it's the same, yeah. you, you know. It's just like we're all here together. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's because of their emotional state. So that's why I have now built into my curriculum is addressing that. We're, we're going to address that throughout our experience, whereby at the close, you don't feel any barriers, you feel liberty, and you now can have created a course of action whereby you can bring on that transformation that you desire. And you believe it. And you believe it. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. You know, that's great stuff, Teresa. And, and you're really taking us into some different areas. I know one of the things that you've done training on in the past and have been an expert on is emotional intelligence. Can you tell us a little bit? It's a it's a subject I've dabbled in and, and done some work in as well, but I really love to get your take on emotional intelligence now that we're in a virtual world. Emotional intelligence was directed to interpersonal conversations. But now we're virtual. So tell us a little bit about maybe how it's different or how it's the same and what your thoughts are as far as uh, the virtual virtual space. Wow. If you have never taken any type of course or a training workshop around emotional intelligence, you're missing out. <laughs> you are missing out now more than ever. That's a skill that it's you have to have, especially in leadership, especially in leadership. So emotional intelligence is all about awareness, awareness of oneself and awareness of, OK, I noticed that Steve has now in this virtual setting, he's leaned back a little. Hmm. OK, let me keep an eye on that. That may mean that he's disconnecting with the information that was just shared. Right. So it's awareness around all those things whereby, as a result, you can make the best decisions. So I'm telling you now more than ever, leaders, especially 
subscribe to, and even with your teams, get everyone on board with making certain that, hey, you know what? We need to increase our emotional intelligence because the word of today is all about empathy. Empathy. And if I don't, if I'm, if I'm uh, currently uh, battling with an internal bias that I have not yet discovered, my empathy is going to be impacted. And Steve, guess what? That, ha- that became a learned ability for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have empathy naturally. I did not. I, when I was uh, younger, and you know, it has a lot to do with my upbringing. I was raised in a single parent household. My mom worked two jobs and I was the one that cared for my little sister. So, I mean, there would be days that, you know, I would have to catch two buses to go pick up my little sister from school, bring her back home, prepare dinner. I was cooking dinner at the age of 12. (laughs) I would have to prepare dinner for her, help her with her homework get her ready for bed because again, my mom worked two jobs. So she didn't come home till later in the evening. So I carried that over into leadership. I remember uh, my second leadership position. I, I, I led a team of 53 team members. The youngest was 22 and the most seasoned was 68. So it was a multi-generational team, but I came in there like, listen, we're gonna do this and we're gonna do it this way, right? Lacked empathy and even my emotional intelligence was low i have to admit and i didn't know it until one day i was at the copier machine that's how how long ago (laughs) i was at the (laughs) copier machine and one of my team members was faxing her resume you know we don't fax resumes (laughs) you know we we email resumes not faxing it to your hr but department but faxing to another company i assume right to another company yes and she forgot she forgot that it was there, obviously. So, but what that did for me is it was it was a moment that I said, you know what? I need to take a look at myself, do a little introspection. What do I need to do differently? You know? And so let me tell you something. I interviewed my team members. I interviewed them. And I, I just asked them some questions about, you know, you know, what do you like best? What, I, I mean, really, I allowed them to just share and let them know. And I let them know, hey, listen, your voice here matters. So I want you to be very open and do not have a fear of reprisal. Nothing is going to happen as a result of you sharing with me but growth. Because that's my goal here. So I let yep. them know. I set the uh, the environment, you know, as one that we're, we're just exchanging. And so that's where I begin to work on my empathy and my emotional intelligence. Now, it's, it, it, now it has become a natural ability for me. Like, you know, if you were to come on you know, our, our time together today and you weren't smiling, I would just immediately say, OK, Steve, wait a minute. What's going on? You know, and so it's, it's, it's a process, but it has been worthwhile for sure. Yeah. And certainly a lot of growth comes from all of those experiences. I know that uh, my first leadership roles were just horrible compared to my latter leadership roles you know you just learn from those because your mindset there's very little intuitive training for leadership from my experience i mean your mindset is well a leader tells them what to do so just tell them what to do and that's all you need to do uh but clearly that's not what leadership is all about that's right that's it's clearly not what leadership is all about and one of my favorite authors Uh, as it relates to leadership, is John Maxwell. He says, everything rises and falls upon leadership. Everything. That, that, I tell you, his books are the ones that I give away the most. Like, I don't, oh, you know what you need? You need, uh, so like I have a couple of his books just sitting right here on my desk. So it's one that's called um, How Successful People Think. Just a real easy read, right? And so I give away these books because I'm telling you, it really helps to change your thinking. And as a result, your life is transformed. Not only, not only, yes, oh, right, cool. You know, and not only in the workplace, but also 
at at home, and that's and that's another um, piece that I believe a lot of our clients love is that we provide work life integration in our in our instruction in our mm-hmm. delivery. You know, because guess what? You're the, the one common denominator is the person. We don't shut it off when we get into the office. You know, we, listen, if things at home are going well and, you know, great, guess what? The, the productivity and the performance in the office is skyrocketing. Absolutely. And, and the reverse. Things <laughs> not going so well. It impacts everything. So we really got to make certain that we uh, stay focused on providing those um, resources and those channels for team members to understand that, hey, guess what? They not only care about me uh, in the workplace, they care about me as an individual. And, you know, that goes a long ways when they understand that and they really believe that in their heart that you really do care about me. It just makes such a difference in the workplace. Oh, my goodness. Steve, when I finally got it in leadership and when I understood empathy and I began to operate with high emotional intelligence, my team loved me. (laughs) You talking about a 180. It was so it was to the point. I remember this one gentleman. uh, He was just dynamic. He was an awesome guy. But administratively, he knew that that was an, uh, an op- I'll just say this, that was an opportunity for improvement for him. Okay. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> and, but he was, he was open and honest about it. And he was so driven to fulfill the requirements of his uh, job. He would say to me, hey, Teresa, I know it's five o'clock. I just want to let you know, I'm going to clock out but I'm going to stay here and do this work. I said, now, listen, you can't do that. <laughs> listen, you're not getting me in trouble. But that, that was as a result of leadership, you know, taking on the posture to say, no, we care about the whole person, right? And they will do absolute, they will go above and beyond when they know that you care. Yeah, yeah, very good. Tell us a little bit. We've talked a little bit about leadership, and I know it's one of your favorite subjects to talk about. Yeah. But tell us a little bit, maybe, about your experiences with maybe your your worst example of a leader that you may have worked with, or somebody that you had to deal with. I don't want to hear the names. I'm just looking for stories of examples of examples of bad leadership if you read about them or heard about them. I'm sure you've never experienced them, but uh, why don't you give us uh, some examples of some poor leadership examples, if you don't mind. Steve, the first thing that I thought about was this this woman, this awesome woman, and um, boy, she, oh my gosh, she had such a big ego. And I remember one day we were preparing this correspondence and this was like really early on. I wasn't even in leadership at the time, but I just remember we were preparing this correspondence to send out to about 640 of our clients. Wow. Okay. Yep. So it was a big deal, right? And she was the one that actually, you know, prepared it and, you know, and had had copies made or what have you. So now we're preparing to send out this correspondence and I looked at the letter and I read it and there were some errors, both in spelling and in grammar. And so uh, she wasn't in the office, but I knew the urgency behind getting this letter out to our client. So I called her and then I said, hey, you know, good afternoon. Hey, listen, just really quickly, I'm reading the letter that you, uh, you know, would like for us to send to our clients. And I just want to let you know, I've come across just a couple of errors, you know, or, you know, just really small things, you know, because I knew that she had a big ego, so I had to tread lightly. Well, that still didn't work. (laughs) So um, I said to her, I said, listen, I know that I don't have access to your computer, but what I'm willing to do is type up the letter all over, send it to you so that you can review it, 
prior to it, uh, you know, it's we, we distribute it or what have you so we can get your approval and then we're, we'll be all good. Her response to me, Steve, was, are you attempting to correct me? <laughs> Short and sweet, huh? <laughs> I was like, are you serious? She said, are you attempting to correct me? I said, no, listen, I think that no, no, please, please understand that is not my goal. I just know that your name is on this and I, I'm just uh, attempting to support the goal, you know? And I was like, really, I was like, I cannot believe she said that to me. And so she said, mm, okay, well, listen, uh, that won't be necessary. Please proceed with the instruction that you've already received. I said, okay, will do. Enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> and we had to send out a letter because of her ego. We had to send out a letter that totally misrepresented the company. Wow. Absolutely. Because I mean, if I were to receive that, I'm like, what is this? Did anybody prove this? <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like a lot, but it was enough, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're supposed to be a company of excellence. Come on. And I'm sure her boss heard about that at some point in time. Well, let me tell you, um, that was my that was my 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 sign. You know, when they say when you're looking for a sign, when you perceive <laughs> it, I said I cannot be connected. I mean, because one of my core values is excellence, and this is it, it's there's no alignment here. I can't right. be connected to that. And um, I resigned. I, I resigned. And I later found out that she was released to, wow. her, to her destiny. Wow. You know, and that is deservedly so. I mean, that is the type of thing that most companies, unless, unless they're related to the boss, most companies are not going to be willing to tolerate somebody that harms their impression in the Exactly. Exactly. And I believe the most savvy, brilliant leaders listen to their brilliant employees. You know, I, I, I made certain to hire people that were smarter than me when I stepped into leadership. I, I, I had to because I don't want to be the one. Listen, if we always think alike, one of us isn't needed. Exactly. So I want that, those around me that's going to stimulate me to think differently, that's going to bring some value to the table. Man, that that's that to me is a, is a savvy leader, one that truly gets it. Absolutely. And that, that is a great example. I mean, so many times, especially leaders that I'll say have low self-esteem in my experience, are not willing to uh, listen often just do not want people to, I'll say judge them. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but they don't feel secure enough to be open to say, you know, like you did, ask your employees, tell me what I can do better, what I'm doing differently. So on. Absolutely. And you, you just hit on something. So with our leadership training, our, our leaders, they're very open. We, we set the environment where, listen, I want you to be psychologically safe knowing that what we discuss stays here. You know, I'm not gonna say this person said this, no, never, right? Confidentiality. But what they did give us permission to share was that confidence is one of the top um, attributes that more leaders desire. They really want, as you mentioned, they really wanna support around um, just fortifying my self-esteem as a leader you know, taking more risk, you know, mm -hmm. as we talk about different cultures, like what do I need to do to transform my culture? Right. Hey. They, yeah. They, they want, they now a lot of team members and leaders more, they desire more of the adhocracy culture, you know, that, that represents that, that, uh, innovation, gr greater risk taking, you know, they, they're the ones that are comprised of the thought leaders. Mm -hmm. One to say, okay, what's next? What's fresh? You know, like Google, 
Facebook, you know, always thinking of the next. And, you know, so many people are comfortable, like you talked about, in their comfort zone. Those folks don't like to think about the next. They want to stay where we are right now. And the next is really where we need to go. The next is where we need to go for sure. I told, um, we did this customer experience training just last week. And we were going over the six basic needs of the customer. And before this pandemic, the one of the basic needs was control, right? Right. Not anymore. Because we are in such uh, uncertainty now, the new uh, need is uh, directive. Mm. Your customer want, what are we going to do? What's next? Instruct me, lead me, because I, everything else is so uncertain. I'm looking for leadership now, even wow. from even from a customer experience. Oh, absolutely, yeah. They we really we really drilled down on that and 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 and, and created some some scenarios around that and how we can really extend that to the customer because it's one of their needs. And understandably so, it is so interesting. Every business that you go in, you need to think about before you get there, do I have a mask? Am I, uh, what is their process? Going to a dentist or doctor's office is so significantly different during this pandemic than it was before. And everybody's got a little different process. So that direction makes perfect sense. I don't know how I'm supposed to react to keep everyone safe. Yes, yes. I mean, just just earlier today, we were just thinking, oh, wait, our, we need to renew our driver's license, <laughs> right? So we were just thinking that we could, you know, just run to the uh, MVA and just get it renewed. But no, 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 not now. You now have to go online, set an appointment, and we don't have an appointment until December. <laughs> wow. And when does your license renew? Uh, it's expired. <laughs> well well listen steve the thing is i'm not even driving yeah, that's <laughs> a great point i'm traveling around the world from the comfort of my home um but our governor our governor hogan he provided us with a letter that we could take with us when we're out commuting to let um if we're ever pulled over to right. let the officer know that you know this is this is what it is for now until we can get our uh, license renewed. So so we're good. Interesting. That's very good. Yeah, and I think you brought up some really universal topics because the folks that I'm dealing with now are all over the world. You know, I'm connected with people on social media from Australia, Germany, Asia, Africa, all over the world, and time zones don't meet in mean anything anymore except when you're live like this i mean there's so much communication that isn't needed through face-to-face -face, uh communication um let's talk a little bit about communication and, and tell us you know from your experience how has your communication situation changed with with being home most of the time not traveling being on podcasts on zoom calls on Facebook, whatever it happens to be. So it's twofold. I have a twofold response. One, as it relates to communication and being Zoom, you know, a lot of us are starting to have Zoom fatigue, <laughs> you know, uh, but what we have to do as leaders is we have to choose wisely because now more than ever, there's just so much like, so on average, there would be about 3,500 different messages that will compete for our attention every single day. Now, I believe with everyone being digital and virtual now, you can multiply that by 10. Yeah. Right? So we really need to um, just be more intentional about how we are maximizing our time. That's number one. And then the second part of that communication piece, because that is so, so big for me, is that you remember back in the day when you would talk about communication that you we would say it's not what you say, it's how you say how it. How you say it. Right, yes. right. Not anymore. What you say and how you say it matters, right? Because 
now everything is about communication. We're, we're a little bit more sensitive now, mm-hmm. <laughs> more than ever. And so we're, we're, we have more time to really read into a message or misread a message. So now we have to be more deliberate about how we say things, our word selection, our tonality, and our email correspondence, text, as well as verbally sharing as well. So yeah, communication has shifted. You know, and that is a great point. I I think one of the things that's so interesting to me and also frustrating to me is you don't get the eye contact anymore. I mean, we're in this Zoom call. I can only see either the camera or I could see you. I can't see both of you. I want to smile at you and at the camera at the same time. Uh, it's it's that Zoom calls to some degree create that lack of eye contact because everyone is looking at the person that's speaking as if they're giving them eye contact when they're really giving their screen eye contact. They're they're they're. Uh... <laughs> They're uh, Brady Virtual picture. Yeah, they're Brady. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so that interaction, I don't know when we get back to face to face, will we start looking at people's eyeballs or will we be glancing at their nose or whatever? I don't know. It will be That's interesting. A great point. We might feel uncomfortable getting eye to eye contact in the future. I don't know. You know what, Steve? And I don't know if we're going to get back. You know, I, I really, I really don't know um, what's what's to come as a result, as it relates to uh, you know how we interact with others. But one thing that we do is we share, you know, um, just that virtual etiquette. You know, prior to our um, training, you know, we, you know, because some people, this was t- especially in early on this year. They were so, uh, it was foreign to them. Oh, how do I work this? Wait a minute, <laughs> the chat, you know? And, and it was just like, okay, you know what? Let's, let's scale it back. Okay, so let's jump on 15 minutes prior to, or have a, for some that were totally foreign, we had a separate session for them, about a 30 minute session, just to review how to navigate this process. Right. And because it matters, it matters. Like if, if, you know, if you have someone that don't want to, don't desire to turn on their, their video, you know, hey. how can I, can, and we don't force it. We, we, we don't force it because we want everyone to, um, to, to, to have a sense of belonging, even in this virtual space. And so we say, okay, so, hey, listen, if you don't, if you desire to keep your camera off, hey, we st- we're still looking for your engagement. So right at the bottom of the screen is a chat feature. We want you to type in, right? We want you to respond. And and that's what makes the experience just that more memorable. Because I believe now more than ever, when you create a moment, you earn a memory, right? And with so much information, so many different, um, it's like it's omni-channels now. And so when we make the experience, when we heighten that experience, it becomes memorable. Like they leave saying, I needed that. And what is the next one? There you go. Absolutely. And we're giving you a demonstration of John's picture on our screen today. John was uh, going out to help Gideon connect and they were having some technolo- technological difficulties. So uh, yeah. that's the reason that he's not joining us with his uh, live face, <laughs> but rather his still picture. <laughs> you know how technology sometimes happens. Uh oh, I think I might have jarred him to come back online. You were weak in the giant. <laughs> I didn't want to just jump in and out because I didn't want to disturb you guys' flow. You had a great flow going, but I was trying to help Gideon get logged in. He had a little trouble, so I was working with him, and I didn't want to be distracted while, while you guys were talking. I am stealing what you said, though, about when you create a moment, you earn a memory. I love that. Yes. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all because clients have so many options. So what do what do you need to do as a business owner, as a team member, or as a leader to over deliver? Right? What do you need to do differently to increase your visibility as a brand, even inside of the workplace? That starts with an ownership mindset. 
not walking into your office or not getting online for the day and saying, you know what, I'm just going to do what they've asked me to do, whatever. No, what, what is my purpose here? Right. What do I need to do differently? What could I, what, what new idea can I share with leadership? And same thing with leadership, you know, as opposed to just accepting things. Oh, this is the way it is. It's always been this way. No, what do we need to do differently? You know, what, what do I need to speak with the CEO about as a result to just really taking this company to the next level? Yeah, very, very good points. And you've made a couple of uh, instances where you mentioned stepping up your game and being, you know, kind of above and beyond what the expectation is. And I think so many times, Don and I have had this conversation in the past that so many times you go to a Zoom call, and even when there are professional people on that Zoom call, you know, it might be the president of the bank, he's in a t-shirt and, and jeans on a Zoom call, maybe eating lunch or maybe drinking uh, something, you know, I'm, I'm not, but people take Zoom calls less serious than they take face-to-face conversations when, when they're really in a meeting. And I think it's, they're missing an opportunity to be shown and their brand is being reflected on that screen, whether they know it or not. Hey, you just hit on one of my pet peeves. And that is eating while on Zoom. Oh, my word. Oh, that, that just, oh, it just, just gets underneath my skin. Like I get right around here, right? Like, stop it, turn your camera off. We don't want to see that. I want to hit a button and just buzz you. For... I just want to again, shock you, just shock you. Each time you chew, just get a shock, right? But, but, but so with that, we're not saying, because one my core value, another one of my core values is enjoyment. Right. And if I'm not having a great time, if you're not having a great time, that diminishes the experience. But when we are all having a great time, we're still professional. We still, you know, understand that, you know, there's certain etiquette that's expected to, to make certain we heighten this experience. Then you leave feeling fulfilled. Right. We're not looking for it to be boring. Absolutely. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But we're looking to, like you said just now, uh, Steve, to make certain that your brand is represented well. Very good. So we got about five minutes left. I want to make sure, you know, let me give, give you this question. And it's kind of around maybe your own philosophy, if you will. What's, you know, you're, you're telling the world, so to speak, what is it that you think is the core components of success? What do you think? really made success for folks in life. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that. Uh, absolutely. So self success is defined by each individual, right? So it, it goes back to core values. So for, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, for Lisa uh, and a lot of people in this pandemic, their core values have shifted. So a lot of people are saying now with so much death, family is now at the top of my chart. Like that's my number one core value is family. And I'm not going to miss an opportunity to be with my family. I'm not going to miss an opportunity to love my family. And so success to that individual, because that's one of their top core values, is just basically every opportunity that they get to have that quality time with their family. Right. So for me, it's all about uh, transformation. Each time that we host an experience and the attendees on their their feedback, on their evaluation, they say, my thinking has shifted. Uh, I, I now get it or, you know, just anything around transformative conduct and thinking, I'm fulfilled. I, I am totally fulfilled. And I say this, rather than becoming a person of success, why don't you just uh, become a person of value? Mm-hmm. When your value increases, success becomes inevitable. 
So that's that that takes me back to that over delivering, you know, making certain that we exceed the expectations of those we we partner with. Yeah. You're good. Okay. Very yeah. good. John, what's one of the questions that you just have been dying to tell Teresa? And you, you've, you've been able to you've been able to be quiet all this time. I know you got something you can't wait to tell. You must have saw it on my face. <laughs> <laughs> it's written all over your face. You're making notes. Okay. I purposely put myself on mute because I'm such a curious person. I have a habit of interrupting, so I'm, I remember that about you. But that's a great trait to have, John. It it can be too much of a good thing sometimes. So it's, <laughs> it's one of those things that I value it. And I'm working on improving on it. So I had a question, and, and actually I'll give credit. I'm stealing this from Gideon because Gideon came up with this one. Um, if we came to your town, first of all, what, what town do you live and work in? The great state of Maryland. Okay, what's the, what city are you closest to if you're in a suburb? Bowie, Bowie, Maryland. Bowie? Okay. Uh, so yeah, we're really centralized right outside of D.C. and Virginia, Washington, D.C. and Virginia. Okay. So if Steve and I came to your town and we're doing a seminar and we called you up and said, hey, we want to, if you got time, we want you to uh, come out to dinner with us. Where would we go and why? First of all, John, I'm a foodie. So I would be like, okay, we're going to have to go to lunch and dinner. We, we got to <laughs> get some blue crabs if we're in Maryland, right? <laughs> Yes. Oh my word. So there's a, so for the for the uh, for the crab. Oh, there's this. It's uh, Joe's Seafood, and that's in downtown DC. Joe's Seafood is amazing. Notes. And it is is so good. And I'm all about the experience. So the service is is just like amazing, as well as the food quality and delicious. And then for dinner. Uh, well, that I, was lunch. Okay. Yeah, that was lunch. Remember, yeah. I said lunch ain't dinner. Remember, you don't. Okay. Um, so, so for dinner, I would say Eddie V's. Eddie V's. Eddie V's is in uh, Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Again, superb service, and they never miss it. Like the food is always delicious you know sometimes you can go to certain restaurants and i know this because i'm a foodie you can go to some restaurants and you were like okay so who's the chef here today it's somebody different mm -mm. it's not it's not it's not the same <laughs> yeah but with eddie v's it is always the same just delicious i mean so those will be my two recommendations are we going to make it happen the question we better make it happen <laughs> um we have to do it AC. So uh, Veronica introduced us to her term BC, which is before COVID. So we'll have to we'll have to do that AC, AC. after COVID. <laughs> My girlfriend and I are making a list of, of AC activities of stuff that we want to do that we can't do because all the travel and this and that. That's cool. So let's ask you that question. What is your go-to after COVID? activity that you are so looking forward to my, i am so looking forward to traveling like i really like so you know we all know because we enjoy traveling right i know yeah. but with my husband and i we we travel each year and this year we have not went anywhere but from our living room to our basement <laughs> to the bedroom to the kitchen so, so uh, I want to go to someone's island, I, I'm telling you, and just enjoy ourselves. Retreat, AC, for sure, without any reservations. I think, I think you will not be alone. I think there will be hordes of people going to find a retreat following COVID. Yes, absolutely. Hospitality is going to boom. Hospitality is going to boom, which is why you might want to look at the different um, stock options as it relates to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're not making recommendations on this We show. are not. We're just, like, we're just like, we are not making any recommendations, but yes, that hospitality industry uh, during AC is going to be booming.
for sure. Fantastic. Is there anything else that we've missed that you'd love to share with our audience or John and I? Yeah. And uh, anything that we've missed? You, okay, so we've talked about a lot. And again, thank you all so much for having me. This has been so much fun and as well as insightful. I know your listeners got some, some, some really great nuggets out of our time together. Uh, but what I would say is, uh, I would leave them with this quote. It's by Dr. Michael Freeman. Uh, he's my advisor. And he said this, your noun is your next. Your, your noun is your Your noun is your next. Your next. What you are doing now is going to prepare you for your next, which is why you must make certain that you stay in a place of preparation, like getting ready right now. What we are doing in this moment matters, right? So make certain that you, whatever it is, like I, I, I tell you know my, my family, especially my son, I was like, listen, you are not coming out of this COVID without some things accomplished. What are we going to do? What, what are you doing? He's already written one book. I said, what, what are you going to do? You want to write another book? What, what's going on? But I want to make certain that everyone that I'm connected to comes out of this, uh, ex, this, this pandemic saying, you know what? I accomplished this. I accomplished that. And it did not stop me, but it propelled me. So your now is your next. Your now is your next. Outstanding. It has been a real pleasure to have you on here. I've got to tell you, I'm so glad we were able to connect and yes. and find time that uh, that we could all join us. John was partially on, but <laughs> needless to say, it is always uh, it's always great to see. But you just have some great nuggets for us and for our audience. So thank you so much. I want to uh, applaud you for uh, for your contribution to this show. It's been fantastic. Awesome. Thank you.